Awesome. So, excited to have just kind of a conversation on kind of what we've been talking about through Ephesians, kind of going extra mm-hmm. conversation around this, uh, and specifically marriage. So, it's the three of us, Ethan, Dan, and Jen, here sitting down talking about marriage. Right? It's like we're on a date and you came along. I know, I'm like third wheeling on this. I like it, I like it. So, I thought it'd be kind of fun. I don't know, I've gotten to hear just... Being at young adults, you guys have come in and chatted at different points throughout the years. I've gotten to hear some fun marriage stories or early marriage or dating conversations. Hmm. I didn't know there's a fun uh, or funny maybe dating early marriage kind of story <laughs> that maybe our campus wouldn't know about that you guys have. Man, I, I get a chance a lot of Sundays to share my stories. I'd love to hear what comes to her mind when it comes to that. Um, I would say like our first official date, um, we went out for pizza. (laughs) Actually, the day that we had a, I think it's the DTR, the define the relationship conversation. He said to me, now we can't go out this weekend because I have Bulls tickets. (laughs) (laughs) And so not recommended. Okay. (laughs) I said, okay. So then when he did ask me out for a date, we went for pizza and we just had we had known each other a long time and had been in the same circle of friends for a long time and um, part of the conversation then was because we had known each other was that he felt like we probably were going to get married so, right away yeah so on the first date it was like well okay well, how about that so I got back to the dorm and my girlfriends were like so I'm like well. Basically, I think he thinks we're going to get married. So there you go. Were you okay? I mean, oh, obviously I was, now you are, but... I was totally okay yeah. with it. I played it cool, but I was, I was okay with it. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I kind of knew, man. You did. Yeah. You I, did. Don't waste time. Just let's talk. Once you knew, you knew. That's yeah. hilarious. That's we were really, really good friends. Yeah. And uh, so, so it's not like we were just meeting each other. Sure. But yeah, our first date, Noble Romans, Breadsticks. Yeah talked about yeah getting married and missing it almost for a bulls game like in the middle of that that's hilarious that's yeah. hilarious yeah that was was there something when you guys asked like when you asked jennifer out that you guys were friends for a while so maybe tell some some about that context mm-hmm. of that and then like what was something you guys admired about each other you mm. asked out i assume and then mm-hmm. There's something you wanted to, you were like, yeah, I'll go out and kind of explore this. Well, the story probably sounds different from each of our, our angles. From, yeah. from my angle, like we met freshman year, and I always had great admiration for her. Uh, I actually, I, I mean, kind of a funny story. I actually tried to set her up with a friend of mine. I'm like, man, if you want to go out with a gal, that's the kind of gal you need to go out with. And, uh, that didn't work out, <laughs> thankfully, for the two of them. But, but uh, so I'm trying to set her up with a buddy of mine. Uh, but I think the thing we were like really good friends, and we even did some things uh, friendship-wise together. Um, I remember one weekend. Uh, uh, the funny part of the story is it was a uh, Sadie Hawkins weekend, and I did not like dating. I'm just not. It wasn't my thing. And but I went on three different dates in one weekend. Yeah, it was oh totally. <laughs> and but the so the first Friday night, Saturday night, and it was like whatever. But Sunday night, as friends, she had asked me to go to Chicago. She worked in the inner city, and we were going to take her kids to a concert. And we went on less than ten bucks, filled up a tank of gas, got a snack, got a coke, picked up a map on the way. I mean, just just a survival kind of trip, hmm. and had a blast. And I think there's no pretense. We were good friends. I admired her commitment to Jesus, her love for people. And she had what I would call a just a resilient, confident faith that uh, kind of made an impression on me um, in many ways. So consistent. Man, she was consistent. And she was a really, really good friend. Uh, even when she was dating other people, and I was dating other people, a really good friend. And so those things kind of stuck. I, I feel like God in his grace allowed for us to build a friendship before we ever thought of dating. Hmm. I was always thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. I think I admired most in him was how kind he was to other people. Um, and I noticed it all the time. Like, um, it, 
it didn't matter what type of person or what they might ask of him. He was always more than willing to like help or um, give some kind of guidance or whatever. Um, so I think that was one of the things that drew me to him was just his his kindness. Yeah. And now you guys have been married how many years? 34 years in November, That's on November 4th. November 4th, 34 mm-hmm. years. That's yeah, cool. and our, and our uh, I mean, really quickly, reality hit for us uh, because we I was hoping to take her on this exotic Hawaiian honeymoon. And my car... I needed to replace before we went. And so instead of going to Hawaii, we went to West Virginia. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was a little different. <laughs> Nothing against West different. Virginia, right? Yeah. We love yeah. West Virginia. <laughs> and on our honeymoon, my ear got clogged up with earwax. And so we went to the local hardware store to get a syringe. And so, I mean, we hit reality oh right gosh. away. <laughs> Just like, yeah, yeah that's yep. crazy. That's and crazy. it's been great <laughs> since, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's life. Those are just things that happen in life. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Yeah, I think, like, Kimmy and I, we got married in COVID, and you guys guys actually were tremendous in helping us walk through that. And just, like, we had a whole honeymoon plan that, like, COVID hit, and that totally got scrambled literally the day before. You remember sitting in in your office, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Ethan Taylor is to this date, I've done tons of weddings, (laughs) <laughs> is to this date the most emotional groom yeah. I have ever done a wedding for. Yeah. yeah. That was really cool to see though because you could see the the power of the moment. Like you knew um, this incredible moment that you were going to say yes to Kimmy the rest of your life and then you could tell you loved each other. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Privileged to play a part in that. Yeah. I think there's um, such a power to the wedding day and and you would tell us all the time like everybody can focus on the wedding day and the wedding day is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and, and I remember all those emotions like just running through my heart and then uh, you would help keep us focused and anchored through mm-hmm. it's going to go beyond the, the wedding day right mm-hmm. like there's going to be a whole journey after the fact mm-hmm. that we're on together you guys have been 34 years on that, mm-hmm. that journey um, I just think I wonder if um, as we navigate this conversation as a campus and I think of those who are on the journey now, having um, uh, mar- whether they're married, whether they're single, wherever they're at, we'll kind of get into some of like maybe what would you, what advice would you give? But what's maybe a, a misunderstanding that people have when it mm-hmm. comes to marriage? Like I think those thinking about it or like uh, engaged and maybe thinking sooner than later, like running into this mm-hmm. or newly married. Like what's a misunderstanding you think you see uh, hmm. in our world? I think sometimes people look at it as like a 50-50 proposition. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to give this much, and this person's going to give this much, and we're going to make it like 100%. But I think if if we're truly committed to the other person's welfare, that sometimes we have to give, I think all the time, Mm -hmm. we should be giving 100% to the other person Mm -hmm. and to their welfare and their benefit. Um, and then, you know, if God blesses you with a family, then, then you're multiplying that giving, giving, giving to your children and other people. But I do think in the beginning, like when it's, you know, like the marriage relationship is, I should be giving my all. Mm -hmm. I should be, um, trying to forget what I might think I need Hmm. to the benefit of the other person. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. It's almost like, uh. You remember the guy? I don't remember who told us this. We were engaged, but uh, they they told us marriage is not fifty fifty. And I remember thinking, hmm, you know, wonder what is. And but he said it's one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You focusing one hundred percent on her and her needs, her focusing. And that was like good for us uh, to to hear that because it's almost like Jesus' words, "Die to yourself." You don't think about how that plays out in marriage uh, because there's a part of you that wants to be alive to you in marriage and. And I think every day you get uh, met with the challenge of doing that, right? Like one of the things I think is a misunderstanding in our culture is maybe maybe one of two, two extremes. Uh, I hear uh, people talk about marriages like ball and chain so hard. Uh, you know, it's almost like you need to, it's such such hard work it is. But almost they paint a picture of marriage where there's no, like, awesomeness to it. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's a misunderstanding because I, I mean, marriage is awesome. Uh, and I think on the other side of that, it's like, well, marriage is so awesome. You're going to live happily ever after. And it's like this fairy tale. And it's like where there's no hard work to it. And you're not going to wake up with bad breath one day. And you're not, you know, it, and, and I think somewhere the misunderstanding is on the edges where it's like, it's like there's no awesomeness uh, to it. It's just awful. It's hard. And that's just not true. There's, there, it, uh, there's a better picture for it. But there is work involved, and it's not just happily ever after, fairy dust and all that, and you're going to just walk off into the sunset holding hands and so on and so forth. And I think that's where this whole conversation comes in. Uh, her and I were talking just briefly this morning. We haven't seen each other much today, but we talked briefly this morning, and you know, she brought up uh, this morning, because I was asking her uh, some about this conversation, and uh you know, I think there's misunderstanding in roles. We talked about that Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that that leadership for for men is about domination, and and uh, that can be a great misunderstanding uh, in in marriage. And so, I think that's where I, I think this. You know, Ethan, if I'm honest, this picture is so passionate for us because I think there's something beautiful here. There is hard work involved. Uh, there is a decision to show up sometime and then there's this awesomeness that happens uh, in the middle of that that I think um, God paints a picture for in the gospel for us that we long I, I long to experience more and more of and I, I think you know I long for others to know and understand two very imperfect I think that's the thing it's like Jennifer and I are two very imperfect people I'm not, I'm not even be funny with that like I, I'm funny sometimes on Sunday about it but we're Two very imperfect people who've decided to say yes to each other into who Jesus is making each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think if you get the idea you married a finished product, you were disappointed rather quickly if that was the case, <laughs> right? It's like yeah. uh, we're in process, you know. Yeah. 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 One, you were talking about the roles on Sunday of like, uh, I think that's why it can be puzzling. We kind of use that illustration mm-hmm. rather than we need a, kind of a better picture of it. And one of the things you said that I was more so curious and kind of maybe getting some context around and then maybe fleshing that out, as you said, one of the things, uh, ways uh, is anchoring, abiding presence in Jesus. Mm. And you said that, uh, I think that goes both, like Jesus said, remain in me, like as both of us, Kimmy and I were like, how do we remain in Jesus together, separate, apart? You said that specifically for kind of the role of the wife, too. And mm-hmm. so I was curious, like, maybe give some more context to that, Dan, and then maybe, like, what's that look like, and, and why is that such a um, uh, benefit to the, keeping a marriage healthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so briefly, the context to it would be, uh, I, I honestly think that uh, there are a... It can happen both ways. Let me say that. But uh, if I expect, as a wife, my husband to satisfy all the needs that I have, almost like the John 4 woman at the well, if I expect that, I'm going to be disappointed in what that well delivers. Because it's going to be a well that can't go deep enough to satisfy all. And so what I think happens then is a husband... And I think it can go the other way, would get crushed under a weight they were not meant to bear. Whereas when uh, I can speak by uh, my own story, uh, Jennifer's, uh, every morning I see her in her chair, uh, she's spending time with the Lord, and you know I know that's kind of her zone, her space, her sanctuary. And there's something about her trusting Jesus, uh, I'll say it this way. If she loves Jesus, the more she loves Jesus, the more I know she'll love me. Like it's, it almost sounds counterintuitive, like it'd be competitive, but I know that uh, there's a strength that comes with that, a deep hope, a resilience. Her, she's going to be anchored. Life's going to get this way. She's anchored. I'm not meant to bear that. I'm, I'm not meant to carry some of that. And if that expectation's there, it'll crush me and then eventually both of us as well. It'll disappoint her, but it'll crush. And so I think that's where that came from. 
I would be curious maybe to share with Ethan, like, you know, how does that look for, for you in yeah. particular? Yeah. I think, too, sometimes in our culture, women are uh, duped into thinking that the things that we um, see on TV, read about in books, things like that, like, but sometimes relationships are this, like, this easy everything, like, I, like we That's have good. this deep intimacy that doesn't require anything of either of us. It's just like we just fall into this yeah. beautiful, you know, whatever. Just and, look into my eyes. Right. <laughs> Unicorns and, and roses. Think, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think that there probably are there are times in a relationship where that is that is present. Yeah. But I do think that if I'm demanding that of him all the time, that kind of thing is unrealistic. Yeah. In in the culture we live in, you mm-hmm. know, in the in the time period we're living in, and so I think for me, um, uh, because I have my own, um, you know, like I am a separate person from him. Like Christ is in my life. Like I have the Holy Spirit in me. I need to be growing. Mm-hmm. I need to be developing um, my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I can't. He. You know, I can't make him my God, mm-hmm. and um, he can't, I can't ride his coattails either, mm-hmm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. It's my job to take care of mm-hmm. my relationship with God. And so for me, that's my time in the Word and prayer, reading books that are good for me. I have a group that I read a book with um, and talk about it, things that will help us grow, help us change, you know, mm-hmm. so... Do you, do you have, I just think practically those that are like, man, I'm kind of new to this or like maybe what's a favorite book of yours or like a favorite mm-hmm. even passage of scripture that you find yourself going back to just like, I need this to continue to anchor me or, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think for me, the Psalms are that way. Yeah. So I can tell when, um, I am in a place where, um, I need to remember like that I can trust the Lord all the time that no matter what is going on in my life um, with myself or with somebody I love that I can go back to the Psalms and be encouraged like you know these people struggled but these people knew they could rely on God's faithfulness and it's over and over and over again in the Psalms and so I usually I go back there when I need or if I need a jump start yeah you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this book or I'm, I've finished reading about this. I'm going to go back to the Psalms and get jump-started again. Mm-hmm. So. Um, one question, I, I feel like I've gotten a lot from different young adults at points that when we talked about marriage in there or even this past week is, is they're always curious, like, how do you figure out how to make decisions within a marriage? Like, you're, you, you said on Sunday, you brought it up now, you're like, it's not domineering. It's not like the, the man just always makes the decisions or whatever. That would be very frustrating. Like, how does that look when you guys disagree? And maybe there's uh, trying to figure out, like, how do we go about doing this the best way? What are some principles you keep in mind? What are some things you keep in mind? Or maybe even an example of that that's happened in your guys' marriage where you had to come to a decision. Yeah, we don't ever disagree. Oh, <laughs> you just keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's a great uh, question, and so uh, we actually have talked some about this. I, I actually think Ethan that good leadership will seek input from those on their team. So take it out of marriage, and I get to lead a team. Uh, I think poor leadership is going to be dictatorial. Uh, and not seek any, you know, the Proverbs talks about this. Fool's not going to want any advice, right? Not going to seek any advice. Uh, And so if God put us together to be a picture of the gospel, there's a sense in which I'd be silly to make any decision apart from seeking the input of my wife and vice versa for her to do the same. Like we, we are one. There's not a moment of the day decision I make that I don't think about uh, her and vice versa. They impact each other. So uh, when we disagree, I think there's value to having discussion about it. Uh, that that discussion can actually be refining. And if we end up disagreeing, I personally think as the leader, if it's a, so as the head, as the leader, we talked about this Sunday. Mm-hmm that it's my privilege if it's a matter of preference that we disagree about 
it's my opportunity to lay down my preference for the sake of my wife's. Hmm. Okay? So instead of saying, I'm the leader, let's do this, I think if it, I, I don't know, it, it could be something stupid, you know, uh, but it's just preference. This is, okay. If it's a matter of conviction, like I really feel like this is where God is directing hmm. us. Uh I, I think at that point, I've watched her do this. And, and I probably, I don't know, you, you might speak as, probably I could count them on one hand and I wouldn't need all these fingers probably, the amount of times we've been there. But our first church we went to, plant the church, and I felt very strongly that God was calling us to, I mean, it was a scary, I mean, it was, I mean, I worked four different jobs just to, make a living that you know we had never planted a church before we're moving where we don't know anybody and i felt very strongly god was calling us there and it's not like she had the same like and it was scary <laughs> yeah and i watched her trust god not just trust me the leader trust god who had given me the role of leader and she's like i'm i'm, I'm in if you, if you feel like that's where god's leading us um, and, you know, so we went and, and we're glad we did. Mm-hmm. Um, can I, like, what did that do in you? When you, when you heard her go, I'm in, I'm trusting God working in your life, the conviction there, like, mm-hmm. I just imagine the amount of conf- like, I've heard you talk air hose to the soul. Like, just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the fact that you believe in me that much, you trust me this much. You had probably no idea, like, for sure what that was going to even look like, planting a church, working four jobs, like... Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's a great question. It, I mean, I, I was say, what did it do? One is it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope this works out. Dude, I was hoping she would say, no, no, no. <laughs> but there, I, I do, I, there is a part of that where watching her trust God that way uh, and... Um, saying I'm I'm in I believe in you and I'm coming and I'm behind you I think for men at the end of Ephesians 5 it says wives respect your husbands husbands love your wives I think wives the air host of their soul is love and security I don't think I can give that enough like over and over but I do think I love it when she says I love you love it when she says I love you but when she speaks those kind of things into me I'm like, I can take, and it was a mountain. God, I feel like God was calling us to take a mountain. I'm like, I'm going to lead with confidence because because my partner, we're going together. She's trusting God together with me into this. And I, it was hard. And I don't remember one complaint, discontent. We didn't have much money. I mean, all those things to me spoke a confidence into my soul and I believe what it did was it blew wind into my faith hmm. like it blew wind into my faith where I'm like okay like I feel like that's how God used her to help me because it I had all kinds of people saying that's crazy you shouldn't do that but the one who's closest to me saying if you think that's where God's I'm in and I'm going to put my own life on the line it's not like you go do that. Tell me how yeah, it works. Yeah, like she's saying I'm coming, and I'm like, wow, that's mm-hmm. amazing, right? So yeah, that, that's what it did to me. Yeah, for me. I I guess back to the kind of original question of what we we're talking. It, like when you guys disagree, would you add anything mm-hmm. to that, or what that looks like when you have to make a decision that you might not always come to? The, you never disagree, obviously, but when you do, <laughs> but when you do, would you add anything there? Um. I think he said it pretty well, and I think that's just sometimes we don't yeah. have the same idea about something. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I can, I can make it miserable mm-hmm. and hold out, and but I think that we have learned how to respect each other's opinion yeah. and try to validate the other person's opinion. And then sometimes you still have to get to that point where you're like, but someone has to make the decision. And hmm. personally, I would, this is my personality. I would actually, in most cases, rather defer the decision because 
if it's something like that and we don't always agree, usually it's something pretty big and pretty scary. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, you go ahead and take, <laughs> go ahead and take the hit for that. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, like I mean, whether or not a... we should do this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, so. I think I the way you said it, like the preferences versus like a lot of times you're like, where are we going out to eat tonight? I can lay down every time like mm-hmm. what that is the, when it's a matter of conviction. That's got to be where it gets dicey sometimes where you're like, man, how do we? And eventually you can find yourself in a mess just trying to figure out if, if no, mm-hmm. uh, there's a mutual submission mm-hmm. to it. But, but then wives kind of come under the fact of, and God's called us to lead. And that's not always, mm-hmm. you, sometimes you take the hit of that. Yeah. yeah. And I think if I don't trust God, mm. then that's where my fear of letting him be in charge yeah. uh, becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I have to say to myself, this is who God put in charge of our family. And so if I choose to go against that, mm. then I don't trust God either. Mm. So, yeah, you know, and that takes years sometimes to cultivate within yourself. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Now, as you were asking that question, one thing that came to my mind, I, I actually how you're going here. Uh, in our early years, uh, we were not great at conflict. Like, okay. I would say that's something God has... So those kind of disagreements, actually, we were pretty awful at it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, is that fair to say? Yes. We, were, we were pretty awful at it. And uh, I don't know, nobody had really taught us that. Nobody had modeled it for us. I'm type A, grew up playing sports, competitive. Uh, so conflict, to me, was an argument to be won. She's not any of those things. And so for her, it's like surrender, and, and that made me matter almost and I'm like I can't believe you want to so we were really awful at that uh it took us a, a long time to figure that out how to how two people come together and make this commitment in conflict is actually a good thing because it you know how iron sharpens iron conflict that's what it is about friction and if you actually figure out how to resolve it it, it can actually make you better refine you hmm. and nobody ever taught us that it was just like we have, we have a disagreement, uh, we're having conflict, uh, we need to figure out who's right so we can move on, versus to un- understand why somebody mm-hmm. felt the way they did, to listen, um, to actually prefer someone else's uh, maybe perspective over yours. And we had to really grow into that uh, from our early years. And, to, to, and I would say we do it perfect now, right? We, oh, no. We're far... <laughs> Do we? <laughs> we're far from that. No, we're not. But I feel like we have maybe a... I'm so thankful. You know, I had a, an older guy in my life uh, challenge me on this when... You know, I basically could win every argument. I could just out-talk her. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm more competitive than her. And when I was young, I'm like, man, I'm winning every argument. This old guy's like, how's that feel? I'm like, terrible. Like it, I'm win- I feel like I'm winning. I get the last word, and and it feels awful. And he said, "Well, that's not the goal, you know, to pursue understanding, to live with her." First Peter three says, "Live with her in an understanding way, to know her." He said, "Why don't you ask her? Help me understand why you feel that way. Help me understand why." I'm like, "Who knew? I nobody. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. You know, my parents were incredible, but I don't know that back then they did conflict much in front of kids. And so, if there was conflict, you just woke up the next day and it was resolved. And you're like, How, how'd you do that? You know? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, somewhere in the night they had a conversation that you never got to see. You just know they woke up the next day and it was magically better. And so we had to figure that out, uh, you know, for ourselves, for, figure out what it meant to resolve it, talk through it, uh, which has been a process. Yeah. You know. When, when you guys have had it and you've done it poorly, uh, which I've had plenty. <laughs> How do you go about like uh, apologizing? Like, um, what's that look like? I think sometimes I can go and you're like, as soon as I recognize I did it wrong, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, let's fix this as quickly oh as possible. Goodness. Versus like, which usually doesn't go over that great when you're like, apologize right after the fact and it's, I'm sorry. Like, what's 
what does apologizing look like within a marriage that um, when you're wrong, when you're in the wrong or they're in the wrong, like how's that look for you guys? <laughs> well, that, that looks like no. this. Somebody's got to go first, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it. it um, you know, I, I would say she, she may be better at this than me. Uh, I. I really think forgiveness in a marriage. So I'm going to waft to a couple thoughts together here. Forgiveness in in marriage is a predetermined yes if it's a posture of worship. Yeah. Because I'm forgiven, so it's a predetermined yes, okay? Uh, so she's going to do things that are hurt me and offend me. I'm going to do things that are wrong. It, it, she married a sinner. Uh, so I think forgiveness isn't about saying, I'm sorry, right? Kind of, Like we used to teach our kids that, I'm sorry. Okay, you're probably not sorry. you just sorry you got caught, right? But I think when I do it right and well, and, and I hate to say there's times I don't... I'll say, will you please forgive me for hurting you by? Hmm. See, then then I acknowledge... There's repentance with that because I'm like, I know how I hurt you. Hmm. Right? Instead hmm. of like, sorry, <laughs> can you get over it? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, let's move on. Yeah. yeah. So, and I do that. So I'm just, you know, I, confessing that. Sure. But there's times because I'm like, I just want to move on. Yep. Because I was an absolute <laughs> jerk and if we not remember it, Right, but I think if I look at her and say, "Will you please forgive me?" Hmm. It's a predetermined yes. And when she comes to me, it's like yes. I may still be upset. <laughs> forgiveness isn't like I feel different. <laughs> That's not it. I, but but forgiveness is okay. We really hurt each other, <laughs> and it's predetermined. Yes, we're not going to leverage this in the future. Hold on to it. Uh, I, I say in weddings, it, when you try to settle the score, you I mean, when you keep score in a marriage, you always lose. Yeah, you always lose. So that that for me, I wish I was better at it in like, you know, Jesus is still working on me. So I wish I was more natural at that. Hmm. It takes me a minute to get there because there's pride. Like I'm like, doggone it, I don't want to be the one in the wrong. Doggone it, I don't want to be the one that lost my temper. Doggone it, I don't want to be the one that said the offhanded remark that I know was not helpful, beneficial, or necessary. And yet I did. And now i got to humble myself. And that, that stinks, right? It's like hard. It's not natural. And yet, uh, I think when I do it right, that's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably for my personality, I was more of a um, passive-aggressive, give you the silent treatment, now you'll yeah. know I'm mad, that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, so that took a lot for me to relearn the right way to... Um, have conflict and the right yeah. way to acknowledge my own. Like, I could be wrong. Hmm. Like, I cannot possibly be right about everything. <laughs> I could be wrong in this situation, you know, yeah. and that I need to learn to ask forgiveness too instead of just the easy out yeah. of the sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> and there, there can be almost a pride in like the silent treatment of like, oh, yeah. oh I'm right. I'm standing away, mm-hmm. keeping distant. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, we said it on Sunday, there's a uh, marriage is a posture of worship. And you kind of mentioned that even in forgiveness and what that looks like there. Is there other areas in which you would say, maybe you kind of uh, preached on it and so you talked through it. That was one thing we kind of tagged at the very end because we had so much we were trying to get through. What else would you maybe add to that? What does that look like to put your marriage as... Uh, posture come at it with a a heart of going god this is for you almost in a sense of worship and want to live that out i I personally think that changes everything like uh marriage is certainly hard work but it in at its essence is an act of worship i think he he says submit to one another out of reverence for christ in your response to christ i think that's the secret to all that we do as followers of christ my life, Romans 12, is an act of worship. It's a response, not to get something from God, but it's a response for all that I've received from God. So Ephesians 1 through 3 is all about all these blessings we have in Christ, yeah. and the rest of it's response. So when I remember that, like certainly I'm going to forgive. It's a predetermined yes because I've been forgiven, hmm. right? 
it's not my it's not because she deserves it it's not because i feel like it it's because i've been forgiven uh conflict i'm gonna have in jesus i I remember jesus is on the couch he's he's there with us like all of life is an act of worship either that's true or it's not and if it's not true man we're in deep weeds right i think about an area where, where it plays out is in the way we serve each other um I had uh, somebody come in my office once and their husband was just being a toad and this, that, and the other thing. And she went on and on. And she said, I'm, I'm tired of serving him. I'm tired of serving him. He this and that. And he doesn't give me anything back. And you know, he doesn't say thank you. And and he was sitting there. He mm-hmm. wasn't happy to be there. and uh, But he didn't deny. And I looked at her and I said, I, I understand why you feel that way. He's a toad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the guy looks at me like, you know, I thought we were here to pay, yeah. help us out, you know. And she looked at me and said, uh, "That's not helpful." Like, you know, I said, "Oh, I'm just telling you, I understand why you don't want to serve him because you don't feel like it, do you?" She said, "I don't feel like it." Yeah. And he doesn't deserve it. And I said, "I don't disagree." And I said, "And if that's how you make your decision, you won't serve him." Hmm. And she said. You're not being helpful. And I'm like, well, the only thing I know to tell you, and I drew this picture of a train on the yeah. on the chalk on the whiteboard. Yeah. And I said, if in the engine of that train you put the past and circumstances, the next car is gonna be how you feel and it's gonna drive how you act. Hmm. And and I, I took the eraser and I said, the only answer I know to that is to put the gospel in the engine. And that will drive how you act, which is worship. I'm responding to the gospel, and then sometimes my feelings come along behind, right? And so when it comes to serving, I said to her, I understand you don't feel like it. He doesn't even deserve it. But Philippians 2 says in the gospel that God, Jesus didn't consider his equality with God something to hang on to, but made himself nothing, humbled himself, became a servant for my sake. God serving me. And I'm like, wow. And when all of a sudden that explodes in here, right? I'm not going to serve her always because I feel like it. I'm not going to serve her always because she deserves it. I'm not even going to serve her expecting her to serve me later. I really think that's expectations that lead to disappointment. I've been served already beyond anything I'll ever outserve him. So if I can worship is me allowing the blessings and the benefits of the gospel to churn in a way they overflow. And imagine that, we think about that in all kinds of arenas, but imagine your marriage being uh, the place where that takes place. Hmm. And so I think that when I remember that my marriage to Jennifer is an act of worship to God, it paints a picture of the gospel and it's an act of worship. He's present. He is an active part in our marriage. He's there. Like yeah. it's not like we're inviting him in. He's he's there. He's on the couch. He's yeah. on the couch. Yeah. And when I remember that, you know, we fight in front of God. You think about it. We fight yeah. in front of God. Yeah. You know, some. You ever get in a fight? I don't know. You guys probably don't fight, do you? You're too- no, <laughs> never, never. No. <laughs> yeah, we we have you a fair fight. And, and the phone rings, or the doorbell <laughs> rings, and all of a sudden it's like, right? Yeah. Right. Well, if I can remember that. I live my entire life in the presence of God. Yeah. And and this is his daughter. Hmm. That's his daughter that I get to be married to. I'm like, oh, wow. See, it, it, all of a sudden, your your perspective begins to change. And so that, that's why, you know, we didn't get to it Sunday, but I, I do believe that's such a central point to a marriage that wants to be a picture of the gospel. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, and I think it changes expectations and experience in marriage. Yeah, and the the whole story of the gospel going into the messiest of places, the hardest of places, uh, doing the most powerful work, oftentimes where you're like, Jesus resurrects dead things, brings dead things back to life, mm-hmm. evil things, and makes some beautiful things. Like, um, what's been maybe a time in your guys' marriage where it just felt like, and maybe maybe this is the way to put it, like it felt dead, like. It felt like hopeless, messy, dark, uh, that, man, God started doing something there all of a sudden that that's 
borne fruit. You've seen life from that. Or maybe if if maybe it's not just your marriage. If there's somebody kind of listening right now that's like, and I just feel like this thing is dead. Like it's not going anywhere. Um, what would you say? How can the gospel as in the engine? How can that change that? How can that resurrect some of that? Um, Dan went through a really uh, deep depression when, um, let's see, probably about maybe 18 years ago now. And um, our, you know, our kids were still at home and I was not working and he would come home from his office at the church and he would, this was before we moved here, and he would lay down on the couch and sleep and we would eat dinner and then he would go to bed and he just was really struggling with a lot of stuff and um, trying to, you know, like keep everything kind of normal and keep everything going and it was, um, it was really hard and, um, but at the time I knew like this was not really him, that he um, was always a cup half full guy and um, that he always was super positive and he was kind of the guy who was like the cheerleader in our family and so um, he ended up getting help and it really was profound help that changed you know gave him his life back Um, but at the time it was just very difficult and so you just have to make those decisions like what am I going to do here you know am I going to Am I going to give up or am I going to keep um, helping him and serving him so that he can sometime, uh, hopefully in the future, become healthy again and, and be better? And um, so I think that was, you know, kind of a big turning point in our relationship because I feel like maybe up to that point, um, I had depended on him a lot to, you know, keep keep us all um up uh, you know on the up and yeah. keep us going we can do this guys you know <laughs> and whatever comes our way and i think that taught me a lot about um trusting god for myself um giving dan to god like you know i didn't know what god's plan was for him and you know would we still uh, be in ministry would we still you know um all those kinds of questions in your head. So, yeah, yeah. that was that was pretty profound time for me of growth. Yeah, and change. I kind of filled that out. She got absolutely nothing from me. Like during that time, you talked about dead. I, I was dead. Like I was dead. And so she would give and serve and love, and there was nothing for me. Um, I, I, mean, well, I, I didn't even have the ability to respond and um, watching her uh, you know walk through that because in a way I'm sure she was afraid you know I, I became somebody different we had some really bad things happen to us and around us and uh, we had led through them but exhaustion of leading through them and things like that just led me to a bad place and she just she 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 continued to give and the only thing I can explain that by is the power of the gospel right I mean it wasn't because she was receiving anything in return it wasn't because it was pleasant and it wasn't even because it was that secure because like I don't know who this guy is anymore uh and uh, she just kept showing up um and that was a powerful illustration of the gospel in our marriage, I believe. Probably, probably the most powerful. Uh, watching her do that. Um, thankfully, you know, the Lord refined us through all that. But you know, I'm always thankful for that picture. Thanks for staying. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it was always helpful hearing. Like I've gotten the chance to sit down with you guys at different points and talk about some of this and doing walking through our wedding and thank you for sharing with everybody that I'm the most emotional groom I've ever had. Uh, but I, I just remember times you guys would share something uh, to that effect. And, and it reminded me like a lot and still that I'm not married to the person like that is 
perfect or they're like they're gonna change like i didn't marry kimmy has changed so much since we got married like watching her become a mom now and it's just great like and that i've changed so much becoming a dad and like just going on the journey of life and circumstances that you wouldn't maybe choose sometimes and uh, people that hurt you along the way or things that happen that cause tension and, and uh, heartache on a marriage you're like when you go into it on the front end, you're like, man, we're going to live happily ever after in the fairy tale ending. And you're like, oh, no, the the person I married even three years ago for me, I'm like, it's probably, she's grown quite a bit and changed quite a bit. Uh, and and I'm sure she would say the same about me. And just, just knowing even the darkest places, like you can find yourself in a dark place in your marriage mm. and, and like that cha- that can change there can be good in that what would you say maybe specifically to somebody who's like man i'm i feel that tension of we are in a dark place this is not the person i would i, I didn't marry this person quite honestly right mm-hmm. uh and yet i did and i found myself here like is there any any advice things you'd say man anchor yourself drop uh just principles you'd have to give to that that would be helpful what you know? One of the things that comes to my mind, Ethan, is um, I think I don't know if I want to say it this strong, but I think you gotta you gotta be willing to put you gotta be willing to kill certain dreams and visions. I think people. What I mean by that is this: it sounds like a killjoy. People go into <laughs> marriage and they have this picture of I have this dream that we're gonna live happily ever after, and we're gonna this, that, and the other thing, and then life happens. And marriage really isn't that. Because if, if that's what it is, then you're going to force your spouse into whatever that picture is. And if they don't fit it, I, what I was going through didn't fit that picture. Yeah. Marriage is more I'm committed to this person in the process of who Jesus is making them to be. And I'm committed to running into the adventure of life. And we're going to run towards certain dreams and visions. But Jennifer and I would... Our story is, I mean, there's so many of our plans that have changed, so many things that we haven't been able to see. And it's it's like the thing that matters is the commitment and the relationship with the person. And, and I think in those most profound, deep, even dead moments, God can do his most profound work. Like, I don't know that I would wish us to go back through any of that stuff. Uh and yet we are who we are because we went through that stuff. If you'll grab each other's hand and grab God's hand in the middle of it, there's there's something that he wants to rub into you. And your most painful moments become these incredible moments where he allows you to know him differently together as a couple. To, to cry. There's an intimacy into me see yeah. the experience. And so, you know... We have our timelines, our dreams, our pictures, and if we're not careful, we'll force our spouse to be a player in that versus being committed to the person who God's making them. She's been married to 15 different guys. I mean, God's yeah. changed me, changed me, you know, and so I think being committed to that yeah. and trusting the Lord. I, I think the way she said it was really, really good. It's like, oh, man, i got to trust the Lord. Do I trust him? Right? Or do I trust my picture of marriage? Do I trust my plans? Or do I trust him? Mm-hmm. There have been so many things that haven't gone as we planned. Yeah. So many. Yeah. So, yeah. And you have changed in three years. You went from single guy to married guy to dad of two kids in a matter of three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of change. It moves quick. Yeah. 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 And all different roles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, what kind of where we landed on Sunday was this, this promise of future love, which mm-hmm. just has the gospel written all over it. You're like God's, mm-hmm. no matter what, uh, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, like God's committed to me more than I'm even committed to Him all the time, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of the picture that it seems like that inspires you guys to keep going, right? Is this? Beautiful picture of Jesus. I love how you said it, Jennifer. Like that, I'm entrusting Dan even at times to God. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna trust that God's gonna 
work Dan out, you know? I'm going to trust, even at times in the darkest places or the hardest things, trust that. Um, I wonder if, kind of as we close uh, maybe here, I wonder if there's certain people listening that would love to just hear advice maybe in the specific season they're in. And so they they might be uh, single, they might be in a rough marriage where uh, stuff's happening there, they might be leaning, they might be divorced and listening there. So I almost wonder if we could walk through a couple different seasons uh, where people might find themselves and just go, man, what advice would you give? What thoughts would you have? What would scripture say uh, that might be helpful? And so... Uh, maybe if we'd start with this, I, I think I get to work a lot with young adults, and so those that are thinking of marriage one day, and and I know that some uh, have that desire. I know others maybe don't feel that desire and, mm-hmm. and choose and want to be single. Maybe maybe that's where God's kind of wired them. What would you say to those who are single in that season, um, whether that's a season or whether that's kind of where they're at? Um, what would you say to singles to try and encourage or give advice to? You want to go first? Um, I would say that develop a relationship with the Lord between you and the Lord. Mm. If that, you know, if that's part of your goals for yourself is having a deep relationship with Christ to do that for yourself Mm. and God will bring to your life who he wants in your life Mm. or people that you see, like, I want to pursue that person. I, I, um, you know, I want to pursue a relationship with that person. But I do think that being anchored in Christ is what gives us the ability to make a good decision about someone that we would want to spend time with or Hmm. want to marry. And so sometimes I think out of our own fear of either being left behind or being alone, sometimes we make decisions that aren't Hmm. great decisions. Hmm. But if we can say to ourselves, like, I'm not really alone. I have a relationship with Christ. And if you come to Grace, we can help you find people that are like-minded you can have relationships with so that you're not alone, that you don't make a decision just based out of fear Mm. or, you know, something, Mm. some other motivation that might not be healthy. Yeah. So. Mm. That's so good. You know, I heard this statement one time when you you were talking. It just just hit me sitting here. Uh, You don't ever want to shop hungry. You ever, you ever hear that? Like, <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. don't want to go grocery shopping when you're hungry, right? Because you'll buy all the wrong things. You'll buy Twinkies and you'll buy yes. whatever. <laughs> and uh, I think that way when it comes to a lot of people like are shopping hungry because I think there's a hunger and a thirst that only Jesus can satisfy. Yeah. And I think it, to, to put what she's saying, if like I, I can find that in him. The other thing I would say is if you're single, like, I don't know who all might be listening to this, you're not half a person. Mm-hmm. It's just so important to know that. Like, yeah. singleness is, is not making you like, well, I'm, I'm half a person, I need to find somebody to complete me, and those kind of things. Uh, she said it earlier, it's like you're uh, made in the image of God, and God has given you gifts and abilities, and marriage is an opportunity to paint a picture of the gospel, but that doesn't mean single people... As long as you're single, and if you're single the rest of your life, that you know God can only kind of use me, and um, I don't, I just, I just reject that. Um, I love the opportunity to be married, but I know some wonderful, incredible single people that God has used in incredible ways, extraordinary ways, and He's uh, leveraged their singleness for that, yeah. for, for the gospel. And so, um, sometimes I think single people who want to get married, I, I would just, and I'd say. Jesus has a better picture than our culture selling you, than many of us have shown you. Hmm. Like, if I could just be honest about that. And Jesus has a, a better picture, and trust Jesus. Um, marriage is awesome. I would want to say that. Yeah. And hard work. Yeah. Like, it's awesome and hard work. And so, you know, go into it with a trust in his better picture, eyes wide open. Be 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 willing to wait. Yeah. Be willing to to wait. Uh, don't don't throw away. Don't be flippant. He can use you in your singleness, uh, and until he brings somebody along. Yeah, I feel like I'm just watching even in our campus, like just seeing uh, 
in the area I get to be with young adults a lot, I'm like, man, it's just so, it's inspiring to me a lot of times. I'm like, there, there are a lot of young adults I feel like that are just sold out for Jesus and what he's doing mm-hmm. uh, in their life. And then they just, uh, whether they're serving in students, whether they're serving in uh, power kids or even what they're doing just at young adults is just so neat to me. Things that are all around our church in different areas just like, mm-hmm. Loving the Lord, anchored in that, and I'm sure they'd love to be married one day, or some would, and yet just their anchoredness and, and that is just so encouraging and, and neat to see. And I feel like Paul's like in Corinthians, he's like, man, marriage can complicate a lot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's not going to fix all your issues. It's going to mm-hmm. make things a lot more complex and a lot more complicated and uh, more weight in some ways than maybe we realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to find a guy or a gal, whatever, you know, find them on the road to pursuing Jesus. Hmm. Chase Jesus, serve Jesus, and if there's somebody you're going to spend the rest of your life with, let them be found on that road. Yeah. Not getting off an, an exit ramp and so on and so forth. Yeah, I agree with that. That's good. What about those maybe who are engaged or newly married, like uh, maybe just trying to navigate that? What would you say to them uh, in their season congratulations uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and enjoy every moment every stage and uh, I, I would say as early as you possibly can be committed to the uh, enjoy the process of being able to paint a picture of the gospel and you'll have plenty of opportunities to do that and the more you love Jesus the more you're going to love your spouse so make that your first love. Yeah. Um, and I would, I, I think she said something really well, like if I was talking to a young married, I'd seek community. Mm-hmm. Seek others that you can do this with and learn from and maybe even older people that you can learn from, you know, good and maybe mistakes they've made. So, yeah. yeah. How about those families that are navigating kids whether teenagers Mm -hmm. or that's a whole nother stage of (laughs) life young kids teenagers busyness just the got to get them to practice um i i feel like one of my biggest fears is i don't like we had two kids very quickly in a matter of three years and i'm like man i want to wake up at the end of this at 18 years and hopefully have two awesome kids maybe more i have no idea but also like i want to love my wife more i want to come at the end of this you guys are empty nesters now and uh, how do you navigate a marriage through the craziness and hecticness of having kids? Mm. <laughs> there you go. That's give, our answer. Give me some encouragement here. <laughs> well, sometimes it's easier than others, and I think that it doesn't always, like, we were not the type of people that was like, this is our date night every week, that kind of thing, but we would make it happen. Yeah. Somehow we would try to figure it out. We would trade babysitting with friends or the times that we did live around our families. We would, you know, ask for favors um, for babysitting or whatever. Um, we we tried to spend family time because that, uh, and like we're in that stage where um, we see people and we say, oh, don't, don't let it just slip by because it goes real quick. And yeah. And I know some people are like, I don't want to hear that, but um, it is true. Time goes very fast, and um, you will look back and think, "Wow, I just can't believe we're already done with that." Yeah. And um, but it those those times that you have with your family as a family, uh, just listen and enjoy the time that you have with them, and. Um, uh, Find things that you can do together. Um, we listen to 7,000 million uh, <laughs> knock-knock jokes and bad jokes at the dinner table while people are learning how to develop their sense of humor and all the things. I was like, I can remember that so clearly. But but our kids sometimes will talk about that, you know, like how funny that was. Huh. And like the, the, the small things are the big things. And in there somehow just try to... Just try to spend time together. And if you need trade, you know, if you need help, call your friends. Call, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, 
it just, it's kind of like this big ball of stuff just always going on. Yeah. And you just have to weed through and try and find out what is the most important right now. Yeah. What do we need to focus on? Yeah. You know, and I don't know. Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Boo. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I met with a, a guy earlier today, and he and I had a great conversation. And uh, what came out of the conversation, so he was asking me some questions as well. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that if you're raising kids, so with you, your two little ones. Yeah. Uh, Remember some things, you know, like at early stages, it's just physically demanding. They are dependent on you. So you just know that. And so, you, like, how do we create margin for that? But they just need us to get them in the car seat. We got to bathe them. We got to feed them. We got all that. And then when they get a little older, it's emotionally taxing. Mm-hmm. And then you're fighting to get on the radar and you're fighting for influence. And so control early for influence later. We'll talk about that this week. Mm-hmm. But what I said to him was this. It kind of slipped out. I said, you know... uh, because he was saying, well, when they're at home, you know, uh, what's the priority of relationships, you know, because they need you. And and I said, I really think probably outside of trying to connect their heart to Jesus, the most important thing I, I would do as a father, the most important thing she would do as a mother, the most important thing I did was love their mom. The most important thing she did was love their dad. And I think if they can see that play out. So if you're married and have young kids, it's not going to be perfect. All the stuff you see on TV is not true. Uh, it, I mean, it, I don't even know where they come up with that stuff. It, you, you, every day is an adventure, uh, and some days you just try to survive it. It's, that's, that's the truth. Yeah. But you survive it together, and you love each other in the process of it. Um, and you get on the same page. Be unified in it, is yeah. what I would say. Uh, you're, you're one with your kids, and they'll figure out how to divide you. Like they're they're smart that way. That <laughs> yes. Denver will figure out how to divide you. Yeah, and uh, so it gives you a chance to even practice the gospel. In like, how do we bend into the oneness, mm. right, with our kids, and not be a, a two-headed monster raising all that kind of stuff? But I think love your spouse. Show them what that looks like. What a sacrificial love, a serving love, what a uh, understanding love, a caring love looks like in front of your kids. Not gonna be perfect, and you're gonna have nights that go better than others, hmm. and then you'll look back and say, "Where'd it go?" Yeah. You know, and it's just and, and don't bemoan that. Enjoy each phase. Yeah. Enjoy each phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe the last uh, one that I'd ask you, maybe you, Dan, is uh, what about those in our campus that maybe have been wrestling with abuse in a marriage, or mm-hmm. maybe navigating divorce from that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what what did what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, thanks for that question. I, I get a lot of people come into my office going through just really hard stuff. And so yeah. um, those of you who maybe are going through divorce, uh, I would say this to you. Uh, one, we love you. God loves you. And probably it feels really foggy. It might be fresh to, to them right now. And I think of uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Uh, when life's foggy, trust one day at a time. Um, I would say this, that if you're walking through divorce, um, that not only does God love you, we want to be helpful to you. Yeah. So we have avenues for that. Uh, and I would say find healthy ways to process some of the hurts that you've, for whatever reason, um, because if you carry those with you into the next phase of life, into another relationship, whatever it might be, without dealing with them, they'll end up dealing with you. Right? They end up having a way to do that. So we want to be helpful. Others want to be helpful in that. Um, there are plenty of women that are abused by men who abuse their uh, position, size, authority, and all that. If you physically are unsafe, I would say get out. Get safe uh, and find uh, safe places to talk um, and safe places to to share. Some of you just maybe emotionally, verbally abused. Um, That's not God's intention. Uh, Some of you are spiritually abused, like and that 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 one's the sneakiest to me. Men that will use the Bible to abuse their wives. 
Uh, and that's abuse. Uh, the Bible was never meant to be a weapon in that fashion. And so, uh, and that's not the gospel. Guilt will not produce what grace can. And so, uh, those of you who are in that, I would say you need to find safety, uh, whatever that might mean, um, whether that's a redemptive separation, whether that's getting to a safe place because you're physically in danger. And, and I want you to know I'm sorry. Like, that is real, real hurt, real wound. And we would want to be helpful however we can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we just want to be helpful. And I, th- I think of what Pastor Bob would always say is we want to meet you where you're at, whether you're, mm-hmm. you've been walking through something that hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want to help you go where Jesus is leading. And I just think about wherever season you find yourself in, single, engaged, married, a divorce. God's God's going to meet you. We trust Him. Yeah, I, I want to say this. Thank you guys. Thanks for letting me sit down and just ask you questions. You guys have been such a great gift to my wife and I, uh, to our church. And so thank you guys for just letting us have maybe an extra conversation, letting us ask questions to you and learn from you in this way. It's been uh, just true joy. True joy. Thank you, Ethan. Thanks.